This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, episode 30. Nightshirt. This is episode number 30. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are Rover, Wanderer, Nomad, Vagabond, call him what you will. It's Will. I'm trying to think of the song that's from. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Here I am. I'm roaming. Okay. I'm roaming like an old cell phone. Like an old cell phone. That's a a good joke about cell phones. And he's twisting your mind and smashing your dreams. It's Scott. Hi. <laughs> I'm trying to think of where that's from, and I don't know. Uh, okay, well, I so forgive me if I sound a bit flustered. I just took the dog out, and uh, I encountered skunk ore in the yard. So there, uh. there's a, a couple of skunks who live under the neighbor two doors down's uh, shed. And one was in the next door neighbor's yard, and luckily it ran away because my dog was not at all paying attention to like the the weird cat in the yard. Because if you would have gone over there, he would have just got skunked. Yeah, Porter wants to find that skunk. He was oblivious to it, thankfully. But my adrenaline is just like going, like oh my god! You know what I do not need in my life is to be skunked. And from what I understand, Scott, you've had an eventful week with uh, wildlife in your uh, home and, and yard, correct? <laughs> I wouldn't call them wildlife. It's someone's pet that got out. Well, that's uh, pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, it's a, not 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 normal for this area. Yeah. I, uh, so I I get a text from my wife, and it's a picture of a lizard, and I'm like, "Why are you taking a picture of a lizard?" <laughs> And sending it to me, and she, and then of course she says, uh, "This is out by our garbage cans." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And it was, it's, it was a bearded dragon, which is not, you know, it's, it was someone's pet that got out. He like, he was like lethargic and stuff like that. So obviously oh, no. he's been out for a while. So uh, we had an old cat carrier. Uh, so I took a shovel, lifted him up, put him in the carrier, and then proceeded to put him in our bathroom. Because it was a small room that I could turn on a heater to keep it at least somewhat warm. You're a good lizard there. daddy. Yeah. How, how did you have this lizard knowledge? Did you just have it by instinct in, in your... No, I actually... <laughs> I, I, I looked it up real quick just to see because it... There you it, go. Fair yeah. Enough. I try to give them some water and, and the lizards, they don't really... You know, they're desert animals, so they don't really need that much water. So... But they said to like, if you dribble it on their head, they'll like lick it. Or whatever. So I tried that. He didn't really do anything, but he didn't wasn't eating either. So did we, he go to heaven or did you, <clears throat> no, no, did no, you no, take no, him somewhere? No, he, 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 <laughs> yes, he lived through the night. My wife's a teacher, and the the local school district has an agricultural oh, okay. center. Oh. So they have animals there, and they take care of them and everything else. So uh, she took it there, and uh, that's good. Yeah, I so wouldn't know where they, to take a lizard. I know uh, you, you call around and they don't. They don't. They <laughs> just no say excited about an old lizard. We got an old sick lizard. You interested? <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't. They I called. I called many places. I, I was. I was calling like pet shops and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. And they're, well, qu- they're like, we don't know. What I want to know is how excited were your kids? Oh, they lost their minds. <laughs> and were they screaming? The lizard. The lizard. The lizard. The lizard. The lizard. 
The lizard. And were they excited and grossed out? Uh, Zora ran away for a while, but then she was okay with him. Uh, Grant was all up in his face. Like, I'm like, Grant, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to, like, bite you or anything. I'll just stay back, bud. Did they name the pet? Uh, uh, Zora named him Fred. Uh-huh. And Grant named him Pokey. <laughs> Those are great names. I'm surprised you were able to give up the lizard after you named it. Yeah. Good that's job, what guys. I said, Good job. I said, I said, oh, yeah, don't name it, because then, yeah. <laughs> can't. Can't Sarah, Sarah wasn't having it, though. Was not having it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not sustainable. Well, I'm glad Fred slash Pokey got got the home that he needed, and you win the Shira Award for kindness to wildlife this yeah. week. Yeah, I felt bad. You really you helped know. a scruffer. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. That was head and shoulders above you know what you needed to do. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princes of Power. Today, we're reviewing She-Ra, Season 1, Episode 21, The Stone and the Sword. This is also our monthly lightning round episode. That means we'll be pulling out the stopwatch for a quick review of all the episodes that happen between our main episodes. As always, you can check our episode guide on the website to see what episodes we're reviewing next. But let's hear more from Rebecca about The Stone and the Sword. The original air date was October 4th, 1985, and in this episode, Hordak uses his doom balloon to crack She-Ra's sword. Now unable to turn into She-Ra, Adora must go on a quest to restore her sword and save Bo. Bo. It's always Bo. Okay, so, um... I learned something today after Hordak gives us his lovely line about up, up, and away in his wicked doom balloon. Because I was trying to think, like, I knew that was a song, but I only knew what it was from The Simpsons, where um, mm-hmm. Homer goes to the fake boat giveaway that the police are running, and he's singing like, up, up, and away in my beautiful, my beautiful motorboat. Like, that's the only way I knew it was a song. And so I had to look it up, and it is a song by The Fifth Dimension, the same group that brought us The Age of Aquarius, and it is a very weird song. That that was what was on their mind. So this was like a 60s song. Oh, yeah, yeah. well, Uh yeah, I would say late 60s, 70s. Okay. Is it the same kind of uh, like uh, Strawberry Alarm Clock sort of? Yeah, 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 it's a really okay. kind of psychedelic. Yeah. In my beautiful, my beautiful balloon, like it's it's a <laughs> yeah. tri- it's a trippy song. It's a good song. So anyway, we get well. Can think about Hordak enjoying this song, and I I really like the idea of of Hordak ever listening to the Fifth Dimension. Um, well, I I guess that was something that was a little uh, weird to me. What did we think about Hordak's temperament this episode? Like he was being a little silly, right? He he was, and I loved it. You did. I was curious what you guys would think about that, because I think one of the issues we had with she early on is they had a trouble striking a balance between the um, seriousness of the good story and making it silly or childish enough that they thought... Um, that's how that's why how they thought they could get girls to like it and we weren't quite happy with that but you think they struck the right balance here with Hordak certainly so like I there were some other things I didn't like but I I really do enjoy anyone reveling and being evil Mm -hmm. because I feel if you're joyous in that way then that's you know that's that's just fun that's just fun to be around you're just a fun guy so I kind of I enjoyed the silliness what do you think Scott um I thought it was I thought it was all good it was it was a little bit weird like the interactions with him and um, 
Grizzlor in the, be- in yeah. the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, what is that? happening? We're yeah, now, right there. It's yeah. Like, but, yeah, but it, but it's almost like um, it's almost like you're peering into like his everyday sort of thing. Yeah, uh-huh. which, which is kind of neat. And I do I do really like that. It's like he let his hair down a little bit. Yeah, he's like he's like making a burrito in the microwave or something. Yeah, here. yeah, not like, everything's happening. Yeah, not everything's a villain soliloquy. You know what I mean? If some, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes he's just hanging out. Yeah, and 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 to drive that point home, you know, a good mood. We we open here on um, you know, like Hordex headquarters, and um, he's sitting here talking about his plan to uh, fly the Doom Balloon and. And with the help of a storm and mm-hmm. its magnetic power and energy and sparkles, um, will help charge up the Doom Balloon to destroy Whispering Woods. I assume that's always the plan. And um, the gag we were just talking about here. First of all, he's being like horrible to Grizzlore. Poor <laughs> Grizzlore's just sitting there taking it. He's because he got to bless him. And um, they had this gag that I thought was just hysterical where Hordag gets a, his cannon arm out like he's going to shoot Grizzlor, like, like he's going to cannon him like to pieces. But um, instead, it was a vacuum attachment <laughs> that he was going to use to vacuum up this little broken like hordesman figurine that Gri- Grizzlor had just broken. And I like cracked up and he was like, you fool. <laughs> like, That's the vacuum cleaner attachment. Like he says it to him and that just cracked me up. It's my vacuum cleaner attachment, you pea brain. Did you yeah. not, did you not love that? I where, did. Where where did the vacuum pieces go? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, like where where does <laughs> he just, just stay in his arm? <laughs> I guess so. Does he have a little bottom thing he can like I sit bet, down and the, the it, dust comes out? So I bet like the tube is like there. There's a filter. It's like a Dyson. This is a well-designed okay, right, vacuum, right. right? And then like there's a canister, and then he just like presses a little button under his finger, and it goes bloop right into the trash can, just oh. like a Dyson. Oh, okay, like it opens up or something. Yeah, I'm thinking. The curtains are trapped in the roller. <laughs> <laughs> it's burning up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I thought that was the greatest gag. And incidentally, which, you know, we'll get to a little bit later, but um, I watched She-Ra for my lightning round episodes. I had three She-Ra episodes. And this is the second one in a row for me that had like something in the plot that alluded to the importance of cleaning. Mm-hmm. And that I could just get behind that all day because, you know, like a clean doom castle is a well-maintained <laughs> doom castle that's just you know goyles love cleaning that's what i know <laughs> they'll no. love this <laughs> no and it's men who are doing the cleaning in both that's instances true. that's true that's true if you can count madame raz's broom as a man which you do it, i think he identifies male we're mm-hmm. not going to pin that on him that's that's for him to tell us i see Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know about the room people. But anyway, yeah, no, I I thought that was hysterical. And it's like you said, Scott, like the sort of <clears throat> quotidian Hordak in front of the microwave in his briefs kind of a moment, which yeah. I really, I do, I really enjoyed that. Like, I uh. thought it was, I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> when we cut to uh, the Rebels camp, and this is mm-hmm. where, here's where I feel the silliness got on the, the side that you were saying, Will, like that's mm-hmm. the side that is a little too silly for my taste. Mm-hmm. And that's where uh, we've got Adora and Bo and Glimmer having like a little like campaign meeting. Which I liked when I saw that. Oh yeah, I like that too. Because you know, I'm always complaining that the rebellion is like horribly disorganized. I'm like, come on people. I like anything that's like um, a 
a staple of our fantasy novels. And I love yeah. people planning a campaign. I love maps. I'm a sucker for maps. They had a map. They mm-hmm. had a, yeah, they had a map. They Three had, maps. They had a plan. They were they were doing stuff. Mm-hmm. They're having this like full on strategy meeting because you know I'm like like why don't they never working stupid rebellion? Sprocker, is this map to scale? <laughs> yes, Shira. <laughs> okay, and so speaking of Sprocker, like right where I'm sitting, they're thinking like, good, they're doing some work. Get it done, y'all. Yeah, here comes Sprocker like an idiot with something called Giggleberry Pollen. Is pollen from a Giggleberry bush? Yeah, or they were just talking about... Um, tree? How dire the situation is and how worried they were. And then he trips and the uh, pollen spores go up in their noses and they start laughing maniacally about how worried they are and how they're going to have to stop uh, the threat from Hordak. And it went on for a long time <laughs> and it was very disturbing. <laughs> It, it, it did get a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I liked it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. You liked it because it was funny. It was just it was just like silliness. Like it yeah. was it was okay. fine. It wasn't too scary. For okay. Me. I think my objection to it was the fact that Sprocker was the one who ruined it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get see. It. Yeah. Is it is there a way to redeem those characters? Could they do any character development with the Twiggets that would make us okay with them? I think the answer is yes. Okay. They, they, they would have to do something to save people. And uh, in one of Without my Without being silly. Yeah, yeah. In in one of my lightning round episodes, not the Twiggets, but our our little like B team trio of mm-hmm. Cal, Madame Raz, and Broom actually go and do a rescue mission. Okay. And so, you know, it made me think warmly of them or more warmly. I think you could do that with the Twiggets. Yeah, I want to see something Aww. like that they're so silly because they're hiding deep pain or something like that. <laughs> Everyone who's so silly is hiding deep pain, don't you know? <laughs> don't you know that's the thing? But doctor, I am Pagliacci. Anyway, so back to uh, Hordak and all of them. <clears throat> doom balloon. Up, up, and away in his wicked doom balloon. I loved how jolly he was being, and I, I did appreciate that. He's very happy that. that he has his doom balloon. And and he says, "Isn't horde science wonderful?" I'm like, yes, it is. And then Grizzlor says, "It knocks your socks off." <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Grizzlor was in a bad place mentally. Oh, wait, the one thing I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand. They they didn't put a face on it. There's no face on the Doom balloon. Yeah, that is, that is odd for him. Even yeah. on the little like thing. And that was uh, perfect for a face. Yeah. Weird. Hey, did y'all notice that Grizzler's boots have these little, like, decal on them with the yes. little horde face? Isn't that cute? Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I saw it. I was reading the trivia. I was, I was, I was thinking about a Grizzler costume. And, yeah. uh, not, 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 just in general. And, uh, <laughs> for Walmart purposes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that'd be pretty easy. You just need a fur outfit and then just cut off the arms and stuff. But, I was thinking like, oh, those boots. And I'm like, oh, he does have a little thing on him. Like it's his, his own symbol. Yeah. <laughs> like he's Prince. Yeah. They're, they're really into uh, head insignia in, in Etheria. Uh, are, they, are they, is it the, is it the horde symbol? The bat? Mm-hmm. On his I, boots? I guess that is a horde symbol. Mm-hmm. That's not like the main, I don't know. They have lots of, mainly it's just Hordak's head everywhere. But yeah, no, I, th- I think the boots are very cute. Yeah, they probably have like a branding department that tells them if they're allowed to do that or not. Oh, what would be their style guide? Be like, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stretch the logo. Yeah, the bat bat wings can only be like three head lengths long. <laughs> things like that. Look, that's how you get quality people. It is. Yeah, the, consistency. It, it should always be blood red. 
Is that the color? The mm-hmm. crayon, Crayola color? Yeah, I think so. Okay. The hex code. ED2024. Porter, oh. you ruined my excellent joke about hex code. <laughs> he loves blood red. <laughs> we talked about how the Doom Balloon works. They're trying to... Porter. We talked about how the Doom Balloon works. They're trying to harness the uh, energy of the uh, storm's lightning to... Uh, channel some laser beam at all the people in whispering woods and i felt like when the storm was going we noticed a big improvement in the animation did you see we got some shading on the characters that we didn't yeah. usually have before I noticed it that, that mm-hmm. this whole episode yeah do you on her face and everything yeah like it wasn't when, 2d it, like it, later on it mm-hmm. was like you, she actually had like yeah like cell shading on it and i was wondering if that's going to be something we see from now on or if this is something they just knew this episode was important so anyway, I thought it was kind of kind of interesting. We got to see that and got to see like uh, uh, She-Ra's cape uh, billowing uh, in the storm. And um, I was just thinking, you don't really see um, the cape moving that much, but it's a really great character design. I think the cape adds a lot to the character. I oh, like yeah. It. All her flips are 10 times more noticeable mm-hmm. with the cape. It is a good look. Cape is always a good is look. It, is it a rebellion thing? Because Bo has a cape, too. Maybe so. Glimmer Maybe. has a cape. There's lots of capes. Do you think it, do you think they just wear the cape because they're not wearing shirts? <laughs> well, not wearing a shirt. I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe they um tested some toys too, and and they just uh liked having those for accessories or something. I would think so. My my memory of the Shira doll was that the cape was like this like really crispy kind of like nylon layered under like a crispy kind of plastic, and so it was not a tactile memory that I enjoy was playing with the cape. But they they should have done that better. My sister had a mermaid Barbie whose mermaid tail was made out of the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> crinkle yeah. crinkle cloth whatever you want to call that yeah. there's like somebody out there listening who's like oh it's cold you know like polythene foam like shut up like i don't, I don't care <laughs> you can get it wet <laughs> oh which reminds me i meant to mention during the uh uh lizard discussion um my uh, sister uh told me that remember when i was talking a few episodes ago about that snake that uh we caught with uh my dad and we were, you were saying why'd you catch that snake I didn't remember this, but my sister says that she and dad looked up that snake later, and it was not a garter snake. It was a coral snake, and that will kill you. <laughs> it is a very, very poisonous snake, so they let him go immediately. So anyway, interesting snake information. Don't pick up a coral snake. Yeah, don't pick up snakes, just generally. Okay. Don't don't touch wildlife. Don't the animals Leave are scary. Live in your house. <laughs> Live in your house. Turn off the lights. Shut the doors. Wrap a blanket around you, and don't think of outside things. So, what horrible things are happening outside in this episode now? Um, well, the, I, I feel that everybody in the uh, Rebellion, they have a good show against the Doom Balloon, because Glimmer's got this stun beam that gets reflected back on her, but, you know, she she gives it a good go. Mm-hmm. And Bo shoots a smoke arrow, which temporarily blinds them up in the control room of the of the Doom Balloon. Um, but, you know, they don't really get anywhere until She-Ra gets on, like, the edge of a rock precipice and, like, starts deflecting the beams back at them. With her sword. Yeah. To overload the sword, the circuits. And she was successful. Like, it, it made the ship crash and disintegrate. But unfortunately, her sword tumbled. And the stone in it broke. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and so... Uh... When Cowell goes to check on her, she's not She-Ra anymore. She's Adora. And Cowell's like, mm, okay, well, I'm glad you're okay, Adora. But can you turn into She-Ra real quick? Because that's the only way we're going to save uh, Bo, uh, who just got captured by uh, the Horde. And she does the, by the honor of 
Grayskull line, and she can't transform because the stone in her sword is cracked. Yeah, and that was sad. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Especially because, like, how she said it. She said it so pitifully. Like, you know, she she was still using, like, she was, I, I feel that the voice actor went even more pitiful than, like, her regular Adora mm-hmm. voice, which is not that pitiful, but she just had to emphasize how pitiful it was. I'm like, <laughs> no, she's got to transform. We got to hear that tune. For the yeah, yeah, the saddest part is we don't get to hear that music, yeah. 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 Like, if I'm not hearing that, I'm not, I'm not happy. <laughs> we can't have a cartoon without that music, Adora. <laughs> Seriously. I was surprised about um, their, first, um, their first solution to this problem wasn't to contact Sorceress. I mean, they... I would think so. Okay, now here is where the episode makes me upset. And okay. I didn't even lead with this, so y'all wouldn't know how I felt. But I gotta say... From here on out, the rest of this episode is... <laughs> why? Yeah, why? Okay, I'm going to tell you the Make short answer. Point. We're going to stand here with our arms I, crossed. I, wait, wait, I, I, I didn't... My point is, okay, okay. well... Hmm. I'll ask the question after you make your point. Okay, okay. From here on out, Adora has to essentially endure a trial to get her sword back. Yeah. To become She-Ra again. Uh-huh. When has this ever happened to Prince Adam? And I think it's a metaphor for how women have to work harder to get the same freaking thing that a dude would just have sorcerer's <laughs> hand to him. Okay? Like, she's like, well, hey, man, here's your sword. I repaired it and polished it. <laughs> that is true. And then also, here's a picture I drew of you because I love you and I'm bored here. Like, <laughs> like, what does she have to do? She has to climb by herself with no repelling gear the, to the top of Skydancer Mountain, which is a vertical rock face going Going miles into the sky uh, with on, with heels, no less. In her in her heel boots, <laughs> yeah, with that. Cowl <laughs> floating next to her, unhelpfully saying how hard this whole thing is. <laughs> yeah. and you can't believe how she's still doing it. Oh, a point here too. I was thinking maybe it isn't both. It's a problem. Maybe it's Cowl. He's the common denominator in those relationships. If you should fall, I'll keep you company all the way down. I feel that they have just now decided that Cowl is fearful. Uh huh. Because that cropped up in my lightning round episodes, too, as we'll get to. And um, I feel like they just decided mm-hmm. that all of a sudden. It's like, well, he's got to be like Cringer. Like, no, he doesn't. Let him have some dignity. Give him some dignity. Well, I didn't but want... they made him a naysayer. Well, I, di- I didn't want to um, detract what you were saying too much. I was going to say that makes <laughs> sense what you were saying about how she has to have a harder trial than Adam. But in a way, see, I would look at that in a positive way. I think it's gratifying to see that reflected as a reality in this more realistic story you are and it's absolutely better right. better storyline but it is galling to see that it's nonetheless true yeah okay it's just like in real life okay okay <laughs> i'll go with that i'll go along with that you okay. gotta just gotta work harder but in, but in a way too it makes us get behind her more because we saw her go through a trial well of course and you know the world being equal if she didn't have a male analog over there in Eternia, like <laughs> sitting by a tree, like picking apples and napping, you know, why she has to go through this. I assume that's what Prince Adam is always doing. You know, like, I'm just, come on, come on, guys, really? And then... I'm getting my sword repaired while I'm fishing. <laughs> right, yes, it would be like that. It would be like that. Like, Sorceress, even... me and Cringer were fishing and a fish bit my sword and now I can't turn into He-Man. 
<laughs> like so- I turned into a fish. This, now. Is the, this is the third time this week. <laughs> Get it together, I'm human. I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so many ways. Come on, Cranch, let's get some sweet bread. It's working overtime for you. <laughs> <laughs> They got to go to that planet and get that ore, a special ore, because Prince Adam keeps like using his sword for improper things. Like, if he breaks, you know, if He Man breaks one sword, though, it's two swords in one. So, mm-hmm. since we learned that, so. well, that is true. Mm-hmm. I just imagine him just standing there, like real bored in the orchard, like just hucking apples up in the air and then like chopping them in the air with his sword. <laughs> uh, as He Man or as, as Prince Adam? Either one. Okay, I got up early today. It's eleven o'clock. <laughs> Only a few others share this secret. Among them are Light Hope, Madame Raz, and Kyle. <laughs> but anyway, yes. So here, after how many episodes? This is twenty-one yeah. of Shira. She's been talking about Light Hope being the only one of the few people who know her secret. We were upset about this in the very first episode. Yes, in I the was introductions. like, "What is Light Hope? Who is Light Hope?" Is it and an now, idea? Is it a song? Now I'm not sure that we know the answer much better than we did before. <laughs> although we meet and interact with Light Hope a whole lot in this episode, so uh, she gets up to the top of Sky Dancer Mountain. Mm-hmm. And also, this is the I, Crystal Castle. Okay, okay, wait. So, I, I just want to know, did they explain why that she's like, I have to go here to get this fixed? Did they explain that at all in this episode? <clears throat> oh, Will's raising his hand. Okay. <laughs> yes, Will. <laughs> you will be reassured to know okay. that, I don't know why they get it in this order, but the ne- very next Shira episode is called the Crystal Castle, and they actually explain the origin of how she knew to go to this castle why and what it's keep all doing about. This? I don't <laughs> I know. I swear, I swear. I don't like, know. <laughs> there's like five episodes. That, <laughs> is, is it just because they're, is it the air date that it's? That it's, it is it's, no the, wonder when we were kids, it just seemed bonkers all the time. Everything was out of order. There was no continuity. People changed characters, characteristics all the time. Like, like could they just switch the episodes and be fine? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know why they did that. But we will get our questions answered. But in this episode, we do not. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's right. talk about what Light Hope is actually like. I summon the Light Hope to open the gates of the Crystal Castle. You who seek the powers and wisdom of Light Hope, enter. So Light Hope is a light. Rainbow. Rainbow light. And not Rainbow Bright. Not rain not to be confused with Rainbow Bright. Which is like Lookie. Which is like Lookie, Will's favorite <laughs> character. But um it has a deep conviction. Because he reminds me of you. <laughs> <laughs> but Light Hope has a deep uh commanding patriarchal tone. Um <laughs> As he you com- are worked up today. I am worked up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, his voice is swift wind, but a little uh, sexier, yeah. like like Barry White, more ethereal. Like yeah. you know. You must seek the help of the first ones. They are the living spirits. He says that she has to get help from the founder spirits of Etheria. Yeah, he calls them the first ones. The first ones, which is nice, and that's mystical, and that's interesting and everything. But, you know, she just climbed a mountain, and I just keep thinking, like, she hadn't had anything to eat either. She's probably hungry, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know. And some Luna bars. I was going to say, like, she don't have, like, a Luna bar or (laughs) nothing in her pocket, probably. And so she's already, like, climbed a mountain. And then now she's got to go through the jaws of darkness... 
and, and face trials. So mm-hmm. let's let's see. Will, can you recap the three trials that she faces? Yeah, she's got to go down some um, stairs with a giant spike ball following her. She's got to get through a maze. And there's something about a forbidden corner in there. I'm not sure it ever really played out. Um, yeah, 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 it did. Yeah, it did. You know there's why? No, Do you know why? Because Lookie was sitting there oh, in the yeah. corner. I saw Lookie this time. I saw ah. Lookie this time. Did you ah, see Lookie this time? Yeah, I did. I saw Lookie. I was so angry. Everyone saw Lookie. Man. Yeah. Everyone saw Lookie. I, 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 I've got a confession. I wasn't even I trying. I a confession. It was pretty fun to find Lookie. <laughs> <laughs> I like looking for Lookie because I was successful. Oh. Oh. If I was a kid, I would have been pointing at the screen. Like, look, look, like, I saw him, I saw him. But yeah, but you were that kind of kid. You would have been the kind of kid who would have been saying that all the time anyway. And like your poor sister would have been like, no, he ain't. <laughs> yeah, look, Lindsay, that's Lookie. See him, I see him. I was right there. Look, it's Lookie. And she'd be like, no. <laughs> It'd be so upsetting. Oh, and the last thing, she has to walk through fire. And she has to walk through fire. Yeah, and um, and Light Hope uh, is very proud of telling her about the point of all her trials. And he says something like, You were brave to go down the stairs on a shield, and you were wise to go through the maze, and you were swift and agile to find Wookie. I don't remember what that one was. No, that's, that's, that's the first one. Yeah, the to, first do, to dodge the thing. Oh, okay. or Not Light Hope. And then he repeated himself and said she was brave again for something and else. And he says, what but, are these qualities if not the qualities of She-Ra? And I'm like, that's true, but then also she had those qualities before you made her do all that yeah. stuff. So I don't know why you had to prove, like, why does she have to prove herself to you, Light Hope? If you know anything about her, which it sounds like you do, then you would have already known that she already had all those qualities and she's already been doing all this great yeah, stuff. Yeah, all those people she rescued okay, so, so they, my theory is, is it took them that long to fix the sword uh-huh. is for her to do the trials <laughs> so it's just like it's just like, it's just like yeah keep her busy for a while and then and then we'll fix the sword and then we'll say you're great and then it'll make her even feel better <laughs> yeah most places when they fix your car they just give you some coffee and some old tv guides been like yeah. go do some trials <laughs> right open this just... door and go through this maze dr oz is on the tv up there she could have just been sitting in a waiting room watch rachel ray trying to interview somebody but no no. She had to go through trials. Uh, it's I like, was not having It's that. like a very dangerous discovery zone down there. <laughs> I, I, I really did enjoy the animation, though, in this. Like the, Me the, too. The colors, the... the everything about it like the stairs and the the guy's head with the spike ball and everything that was awesome yeah um when she was going down the stairs on the shield they had like an over the shoulder shot it reminded me of like an old like 16-bit console game or like a like sonic the hedgehog when he got in the half pipe tube or something like that yeah. it was pretty neat yeah so i mean that was you know. before video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, good ones. <laughs> Are these not the qualities of Shira? Try your sword, Adora. For the honor of Grayskull. Um. So yeah, we. That's pretty much the end of it. In like blah blah blah. It's all happy here. You can be Shira again. You know, like. You're not one of those fake superheroes. You're a real one, because I determined that with my man knowledge. <laughs> light hope. Get oh, bent. Well, he's uh, a he's a light. He just sounds. Yeah, like a man. he doesn't know. He he hadn't he wasn't around for lots of social developments and stuff. Clearly, he wasn't. Um, he's he just hold poor little Shira's sword hostage just because you feel like it. A lot has happened Meanwhile, since 1983. Light hope with the He Man. We have Shira now. It's been two years. <sighs> Oh, oh! The point of her um, trying to rep- 
prepared the sword, turned to shears because she needed to save Bo, who's been in the jail this time. Yeah. He's doing pull-ups and stuff. And Hordak and Shadow Weaver and Grizzle are standing around just watching Bo, and they're very upset. He keeps trying to escape. And they're like, quit doing that. Quit. <laughs> you might figure it out. Stop. Stop doing pull-ups and stuff. I did enjoy that. So Shira shows up uh, in the jail. Uh, it's supposed to be impregnable. So she punches up through the ground and uh, whoops on them and everything and has some sassy lines. And this is where the tickleberry comes back, right? Yeah, she yes. uh, she blows tickleberry pollen. And at, uh, Hordak, Hordak. at Hordak. Fall down, falls down. And he's snorting like crazy. I did like that. <laughs> you know, one of the things I like to see in the cartoons, I really like to see when um, important things about the cartoon characters match the action figure design. And I really like how Hordak's feet we got a good look at. And they were actually the shape of like the action figure feet where it's like the three web toes. And I was wondering if they had thought about his feet that much before. I guess so, but I really hadn't seen his feet that much. Well, you know... (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't he just change his feet into anything? I guess that's true. I guess that's true. It is true. He could change anything. And he just decided uh, three webbed toes. That's the look for me. That's a good look. If he needs to go do some laps in the pool, it'll help him. They're easy to clean between. He He likes to clip three toenails. He doesn't even have to go to the locker room when it's time for aquarobics. (laughs) You can just go out there. This time I'm going to have the last laugh. You certainly are. Have some giggleberry powder. <laughs> Is it time for the moral? Yes, uh, Loki lectures us about the importance of stick to Which he says is a word. Which he says is a word and a big word. I'm like, ugh, Loki. Is it a word? It's not a word. I don't think so. I've never heard a real human say it. I've only ever heard it on The Simpsons, actually. When uh, Principal Skinner asks... Um, Mr. Burns, when he comes to lecture for like the business club, oh yeah, which is more important, like like hard work or stick to it. Admits that I remember. <laughs> anyway, the Simpsons. Good lesson for kids though, because kids are flaky. They are. They, they need to finish what they started. They don't have a lot of stick to itiveness. Yeah, uh, you know what? Looky might be improving. Looky might be getting his act together. He's, you just say that he's appearing you... where I can actually see him. <laughs> he's giving good good lessons about new words. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, it sounds like you have very positive impressions of the episode overall. What what did what did you rate it? Oh, um, yeah. So obviously, I, um, this one made the list of our main episodes because we got to see who Light Hope is. Kind of, um, I enjoyed that. The animation was great. Hordak was funny. Um, I would have liked it to have been a little more uh, serious. I would say I give it a good. Th- um, and also, uh, before I give my score, I want to say Scott asked a question last time about won't all these be good because we picked the episodes, but I tried to make the list out of the ones that I think are important, not necessarily good. So I may give some bad scores, but for this one, I'm going to do a 4.1. 4.1. Grizzler boots. Grizzler boots. Okay. Well, you already know it made me mad. So I'm saying 3.6 GBs out of five. I'm Harsh. mad. I'm harsh, but fair. And if Light Hope has a problem with it, he can come do a trial of lights. And I'll tell you, I'll flick the lights on and off and be like, oh, well, you're almost as good as that light, but you're not as good as the Christmas lights. Deal with that, Light Hope. There's your trial. But what about, (laughs) we talked about. (laughs) Well, don't worry about it. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. I said my score. I guess that's it. It's not not up for debate. The the tribunal has spoken. 
Alright, well, I, 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 I gotta bring this way up. Okay. Oh, no. 4.8. 4.8. <laughs> it's going to the next round. I love the Doom Balloon. Uh, I like yeah. the Doom Balloon. Uh, too. The whole, the whole, like, the, the spiked head ball guy. Mm-hmm. The, I just, it was just good. Learn who Light Hope was. Mm-hmm. Saw Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was good. I liked it. Okay. I, 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 don't, I, I almost, I, I was thinking about it earlier and I'm like, man, I, should I give it? A perfect score, and it's like, no, I'm not gonna do well, this, that. Well, this is not like Orco and Trolla quality. Don't get crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my god, I, I, I did. I don't know. I don't know why, but I really enjoyed this. Episode. I did too. I did too. Yeah. But but I also I appreciate the um the the, the point about the frustration with He Man get, getting it easy. So there's an important point to be made. I, I I take your point. Thanks. They learned their lesson from the first time around. True. Four point two. Ah. <laughs> It's time for the lightning round. So the rules are we each get one minute per episode to discuss a lightning round of uh, episodes that we have Mm -hmm. selected for their ordinariness or for other reasons that we don't know. They may not be great, but they may be. We don't know. It's a grab bag like life. Um, These are the episodes that happen between our main episodes. If you're a completionist, you can follow along with our episode guide on our website, or you can let us watch these so you don't have to. All right, going first here. We're going to bounce back to He-Man for a bit. We've got Will mm-hmm. doing Season 1, Episode 23, Orko's Favorite Uncle. Mm-hmm. All right, tell me. I, I'm stressed out, but I think I'm, I'm ready. All right, one minute starts now. Okay, this episode was about an old magician named Tauron, who sounded like Ian McClellan, and he's trying to uh, summon two powerful beings, and he summons Orko's uncle, uh, Mon- Montork, and uh, Orko's uncle's little uh, sidekick named Gork. He's a little muscle dinosaur guy who's real sweet. Um, and um, when, uh, but, but when they get summoned, uh, Orko's uncle accidentally gets diverted and ends up in the palace in Eternia, and he has a reunion with Orko, and he wants to know all about He-Man, and Orko says, would you believe me if I told you it was my magic that, that made He-Man? And he says, nope. And he says, well, I won't tell you that then. And then um, um, we got to see the Talon Fighter, which was a cool new toy, and He-Man whistles, and it comes flying up. Um, uh, somebody turned into a butterfly to infiltrate Castle, Castle Grayskull, and the source says, "What beautiful visitors!" And then <laughs> she says, "Wait, those aren't beautiful. They're those aren't butterflies." Uh, Orko um, made some flowers out of a and spell. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I just said Orko made some flowers out of a spell. You can tell I got panicked. <laughs> <laughs> this one was about Orko's uncle. That's about all you need to know. <laughs> this went very well, very well. So we each get a question. My question: Who are the butterflies? What are the butterflies? Like, tell me about the butterflies. The butterflies were Orko's uncle, who got ter- who who did get captured by the uh, evil wizard, and Orko's uncle's little sidekick, who also got captured, and they were under the evil wizard's thrall. Oh, okay. That that is okay. Evil. We cleaned up a lot just then. There okay, you go. I feel better. That sounds beautiful. Good question. Yeah. Did Oracle's uncle have a beard? Oracle's uncle had a beard, and he had square glasses, and he talked like uh, an old uh, country man. That sounds okay. great. Okay. All right. Well, the clock is merciless, and yes, onward we is. must march. That was that was brutal. I hope somebody got some information out of that. <laughs> I heard butterflies. That's, okay. I, it begins and ends with butterflies. Okay. All right. What we got next? We've got season one, episode 24 of He-Man called The Wizard of Stone Mountain. And 
Go. Okay, this was a Paul Dini episode. It was about Tila's old boyfriend, who's a powerful wizard, and he makes a deal with uh, an evil old winged monkey. Um, he doesn't know what the uh, nature of the deal is, but he agrees to it because he can get Tila to fall in love with him again. The nasty monkey um, basically has control over him, and um, he tries to kidnap Tila. And um, they keep teasing Tila about her old boyfriend. And at one point, um, He-Man rides up on the battle cat and he's like, it's like, Tila, here, this is your old boyfriend. She's like, don't you start too. And I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, and um, we get to see Tila do some real good uh, whooping with her sword. I think they're trying to play up the warrior thing um, a little more. The monkey has black speedos and it's real upsetting. Oh, at the end, um, uh, Tila says something about how she has her eye on somebody else, not that Malik guy and a he-man says anybody i know and she says you might she walks away with ram man ram man says hey when you got it you got it <laughs> oh that was great that's a minute good job <laughs> yeah i feel like i got all the important it was a paul dini episode. episode it was really good and janice diamond okay so uh what did tila's boyfriend look like he was a generic bowl cut guy who lived in a tower and we learned that she uh was studying to be a wizard uh but was not interested in him in that way <laughs> Okay. Was Ram Man big in this episode? You mean or prominent or yes, physically prominent, large? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's physically large. Yeah, he was he was featured prominently in the episode, and at one point he asked Prince Adam um, if uh, Cringer would beg for food and was giggling. Cringer says, the only thing I'll beg is your pardon. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's so precious. That's <laughs> what a good thing to say. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready for, I your, think so. for your third I one? Think so so, so what, what are you giving us now? This is season one, episode 26 of He-Man, Ordeal in the Dark Lands. All right, go. Okay, Skeletor is away, so Evil Lynn has her own plan, and she's getting Triclops to help her. She wants to uh, disguise herself as um, He-Man and Triclops' mate-at-arms and capture this uh, old wizard's daughter and uh, get the old wizard to be mad at He-Man, and they successfully do that. Um Tila has this awesome um, combat sparring robot probe that has swords and stuff, and she goes blindfolded and beats it up. Uh, And then later, um, uh, Prince Adam and Ram Man are playing um, uh, some sort of creature chest, like in Star Wars. They were clearly thinking about Star Wars for both of those. There were some reptile men. Um, uh, There's something called the Crimson Scourge that the wizard lets loose, but He-Man beats it by um, bringing some underground river to the surface. Um, Tila throws a grappling hook. Ten seconds. Um, Tila gives a less tells us a lesson about uh, you know not doing things uh, out of anger and running off into the jungle just because uh, everybody's telling you you shouldn't. One minute. All right. <laughs> okay. So, so my question that I have is, um, what what impetuous trait did Evil Lynn display that ruined her plan this time? Because it's always something. She always does something. She always celebrates too soon, that evil in. I think her mistake was that she appeared as herself to try to convince the old <laughs> wizard that uh, that it she was He-Man got- and Duncan because that when He-Man and Duncan showed up, they were like, it wasn't by chance uh, evil Lynn had told you about it. What, she looked kind of evil? He's like, yeah, now that you mention it. so <laughs> She think too, she too cute. Yeah. It's okay. Did you think anything was standout-ish in this episode? I really enjoyed the uh, combat sparring sequence with uh, 
Tila, she and Orca were both taking turns beating up the robot, and I think they are really trying to um, make Tila uh, more of a, a warrior at this point in the series, which I think is a, a good direction to take her. I like hearing that. This is my last episode I have for the Lightning oh, Round. Oh, you have four. That's right. Yes. Okay. Um, this is season one, episode 27, The Return of Orca's Uncle. You guys lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do the Lightning Rounds. All right, go. Okay, uh, there's this great creature in Trolla. He's like their Skeletor. His name's Azrog, and he's got this pointy head. And I can't do a falsetto voice, but it's this great uh, evil villain voice. And he teams up with this cool punk rock uh, villain lady called Spydra. And she lives in this castle that has like a maw and like uh, spider legs coming out of it. And no pupils and like a punk green short quaff haircut. Um, The magic messed up again. um, Azrog shows up at dinner. And then uh, He-Man says, hold it, Azrog. And he goes, you hold it. And that was really funny. Um, They got in the sky yacht, which I think is the Wind Raider. Um, Orko's uncle got real country this episode. Orko grows some magic beans. Uh, Tila breaks Spydra's sword. Um... Montauk says that love is the most powerful magic. And Tila and He-Man break a wand. And did I mention the castle looks like a spider? That was real fun. And that's a minute. I want to say one more thing. You want to say one more thing? That's only if one of us is merciful and asks you what it is. I'm going to ask you about Spider's, okay. about, um, does she have extra, like, spider legs or just... No, no. she had, She looked like a, a, a punk rock person with, like, a, a skirt and uh, real high boots. Okay. Uh, since it was called The Return of His Uncle, was his uncle a big prominent part? Yeah. Because he didn't make it seem that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't the part I paid attention to, but yes, he was. it was lousy with Orko's uncle. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, I was going to say that I think this is the point in He-Man that um, I remember from being a kid. I think I had a videotape with this episode on it. I remembered quite a bit of it. Oh, it was kind of okay. weird. okay. That is weird. Yeah. I think we're finally hitting the point that I remember. Okay. Uh, that's actually that's actually um, all of mine. So I think we agree that I did very well. Good and everybody job, got through that we did. with me. All right. It's time for your lightning round. Scott, this is your lightning round. All what right. do you got for us? All right. Uh, my first one is He-Man, The Defection, Episode 28. All right. Go. Uh, so there's a, a Gordon ruler who took over uh, and imprisoned uh, King Danton. Um, he has He-Man's voice, um, <laughs> and then uh, the Sibylline was his sorcerer, and she defected and wanted to go to King Randor to uh, be saved, um, uh, because she has changed. Uh, Gorgon calls on Evil Lynn instead, um, because Sibylline left. Um, Orko gets caught in a flood caused by Evil Lynn. Um, they go back to free King Danton in the Isle of Tears. Uh <laughs> Two feet of steel um, is uh, keeps He Man locked up, and and Evil Lynn's like, "There's two feet of steel. He can't get through. He can't punch it, and he punches it." Um, <laughs> <What> suspense. <laughs> uh, and then th- throughout the whole episode, uh, they're like, uh, "Don't mistrust Sibyline," and blah 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 blah. And then people people change, and then uh, um, you can really want to just say, "I can." Oh. That, <laughs> that sounds like a He Man lesson. Okay, my question is. How pitiful did Sibylline look? Give, tell us what her look is. Oh, she was she was pretty spot on sorceress. Okay, yeah, she was she was uh, she's pretty good looking. Okay, for a sorceress, yeah. Uh, outfit, outfit. This she is... had it was it looked like uh, 
kind of I kind of like uh, cast a Spella. Okay, but not less less arm stuff. She just had like yeah, pointy things coming up. <laughs> okay. Got it. Pointy things. Good caller. And then, so did you? I, maybe you said this, but when they did when He Man punched the steel wall, was it the exact same animation? Just the turn fist and flash. Yeah, yeah, punch. Yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, and the, it busted out. You you expect the the for two feet of steel um, to like fly out? It just like busted out like rock. <laughs> it was even brown. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> they just changed the color. All right, what have we got next? Another episode of He-Man, A Tale of Two Cities, episode 31, and don't get it confused with the book. <laughs> okay. No, will not. All right, go. Okay, it opens with uh, women being chased by three bad guys on flying discs. Um, they're bird people with horns. Um, <laughs> you Later you learn that's Princess Rhea, and the bad guys are named Gorgons. Um, uh, there is... Uh, whew, uh, Two kingdoms, Oberon and Targa, Tar- Targa, um, and they are fighting. Um, and they I, both times um, they they say that He Man is a legend there, and they don't really believe that he's true. Uh, so He Man gets knocked out into a river, falls over a thing. He has amnesia. Um, he gets locked in a in a dungeon with another gladiator named Garn, mm. um, and he has to fight He Man in a battle. And Garn is the he's he's the most powerful guy in the universe. Well, he says he is. Um, and then he battles him. Of course, He-Man beats him. Um, and then Garn knocks him in the head, and He-Man remembers who he is. Because <laughs> um, that's what happens. Uh, he uh, time. Queen, ah! <laughs> uh, I should have told you ten seconds, but that's okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, use, I'll use my question. Uh, I, I, what I, happens I, I, at I the end? One last thing. He-Man dresses an old lady. <laughs> what? That should have been like your whole minute should have just Sorry. been this. I, I was trying I to get through all of them. Now my now my question is: the, um, it was it, this this episode was ridiculous. Like all the different people, <laughs> all the different things, trying to explain everything. How did he look? Like how did he look as an old lady? Like like if if you took like the the previous episodes where Evil Lynn was like an old lady, he was wearing like the same thing. That's great. And like a veil. And you're like, is that an old lady? No, that's He Man. <laughs> he still had his bob. <laughs> nice. No, you couldn't see any of his bob. Like, uh, he, like normally, yeah, they they do leave it out, but yeah. That sounds great. That's pretty funny. Were there any Paul Bunyan stories about He Man? Because I can't imagine whatever they come up with is more ridiculous than what he actually does. Paul Bunyan stories? Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, they they just kept saying over and over again. Oh, uh, they, you know, throughout the episode, different characters like. Oh, we thought you were a legend. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't know you were actually true or something like that. So. Okay. He Man episode thirty-two. Search for the VHO. Ooh! All right, go. Okay, there's a uh, guy named Hoover and his son, um, Hovar. Sorry, and his son on a research uh, on a research mission on Skelke Island uh, at some ruins. Uh, he Man's flying Orko like a kite. <laughs> um, <laughs> Man Arms builds a sound machine to scare animals because he's trying to save the people that are researching because their their shields failing, so they need to block the animals that are trying to attack them. They have a new naval ship, um, and Adam's driving the ship with a captain's hat, and then he winks at the camera, and it's awesome. Uh, uh, Merman's plan to steal the animal control. Uh, Merman calls on the Kraken. The Kraken blows a big hole in the ship. Um, uh uh, the VHO is stolen by Merman. Um, Tila, uh, uh, He-Man swims 
to where he thinks Merman's at. Um, uh, Merman summons the Kraken again, and then uh, he has gone after the Kraken. Then we better get Kraken. Oh, Oh, good. Good. That was a line. What um, I like that. What kind of weird animals did they show? Do they have any good weird animals in the background? Yes. Yeah, well, not in the background. They um, there was one part where he goes uh, down to the sunken ship. Uh, he man does, and there's he's I forget the name of the the creatures, but it was like some like eel looking creatures. Oh, good. And he punches them, oh, and and then they're robots. They're mer- they're merman's robots. Okay. Oh, Fun. nice. Was 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 merman competent? Did he do good? Oh yeah, he did pretty well. Um, he, I like he, Merman. He, he 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 got the Kraken. He got he got blew up their new naval ship. So that's a good day's work for Merman. Exactly. Yeah. At least he's at least he's doing something. All right. You ready for the last one? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. This is a Shira episode. Um, a loss of words or a loss for words. Sorry. Uh, episode seventeen. Okay. Okay, this is a huge episode for Imp. Um, He has video chat on the Rebels. Um, He also turns into a treasure chest. All right. Um, Mantan's voice is taken in a bubble from Shadow Weaver. Um, uh, So her her whole plan for this episode is to steal people's voices uh, from the Rebels uh, and put them in bubbles. So she she takes she could take Adora's voice and all that stuff, and then so that she'll change back over. Bonadora or uh, Forrest get ambushed by Scorpio and the Horde. Um, she, jeez, ah. Uh, there's a, a rhyming spell. Uh, Imps turns into uh, he turns into the treasure chest to hold the bubble pe- bubbles voice bubbles. Um, uh, they had to go to the fright zone to get them Infamous. back. Shadow Weaver uh, and all of her powers on the Horde. Um, of course, Imp gets opened and the bubble things, and it goes back to the people. Uh, and the to- she Shira tosses Hordak. Time. <laughs> Shira tosses Hordak. She got him. She got him good. Uh, Lucky. Lucky's <laughs> lesson was freedom of speech. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? That's what? Bonkers. That is. I, well, I guess your voice. I guess. Uh, okay. What was Mantena upset that she trapped his voice? Oh yeah, yeah. It Did was it that, that was that, that, that was the whole gag in the beginning. Is Mantana was there, and, and they're like, and Hordax is like, "Come over here, Mantana," and he's like, "No." <laughs> and, then, and then yeah, so yeah, so That's he, was, he, he, he was a test subject. That's a good plan. I like that plan. Yeah. Cool. Did, how did his voice sound in the bubble? Did it, did it sound even more? Oh no, he just he took it away. Like, oh, so they so couldn't wasn't talk there. after okay. they. Yeah, there we go. They couldn't talk. I thought we we could hear like a disembodied like. <laughs> <laughs> Even more shrill Mantena no, voice. No, I, th- I, I think I think uh, at one point they they um, they took all the bubble. You know, all the bubbles are the same, so they had to hold the bubble up to their ear so they could see which voice it was. So if you interesting, I, I don't know if you popped a different voice in front of their face, they, they would get that voice, which would be weird. But that's a cool plan. Okay, so it's Rebecca's turn. Oh my and goodness! She's trying to. Look at her notes before we pass out the tests. Everybody, put I'm, your notes up. Put I'm allowed to have a. I'm allowed to have a note card. It's a lot of notes. It is. I just write a lot. How do you? Uh, yeah, you, you'd have to do an outline of your notes. I'm. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Okay. Just gonna see what okay. happens. Are you here. ready? No. Oh God. All right. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. Okay. So I'm bringing you Shira season one episode twenty three courageous hearts. Okay. Go. 
This is the one that I was alluding to earlier where this is like a little special mission for Madame Raz, Cowl, and Broom. And this happens because we are at Castispella hosting a Tricksters competition because there's always competitions and stuff. And so there's like an, a mean lady who infiltrates it. And first she's really rude to those three and then they get real sad. And then it turns out she's Shadow Weaver and she zaps She-Ra to the sixth dimension. And so like Raz, Cowl, and Broom are, are feeling useless, but now they got to go rescue her. And so they got to go find this spell that she that she spoke and this is like a weird ancient spell and anyway um uh six dimensions ruled by a sorcerer called Celesticar, but then shira like escapes and then they go to this library to find a book that has a spell in it and that's when broom does the cleaning because he sweeps oh. it and then they see the glowing book and then madame raz is helpful they're all helpful they all do good and then uh, when She-Ra escapes from Solisticar's dungeon, she goes, don't think it's been fun, because it hasn't. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the end. One more thing. Broom's name is Broom. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, did, uh, my question is, did anyone have to hold Broom to do the sweeping? Man, that was mine. <laughs> that was mine. He swept on his own. He oh, swept right. on his own. And he, and he, yeah, like he had a little motion where like he kind of Shimmy. shimmies. Okay, yeah, good. he shimmies right. and he did the cleaning on his Funny. own. So, so a li- like we talking about like huge library? Like- yes, it was massive. It was actually okay. a really funny sight gag because like the librarian who was totally worthless like says like it's in there somewhere and it's like a cavernous space like all these ancient stacks of books and like oh dearie mine. But anyway, yes, it was enormous. The okay. library. All right. Okay. Oh, lordy. For your next one? No, no. Let me, re- minute, let me remember which one this is. Okay. Okay, I think I can do it. All right, so now we've got Shira, Season 1, Episode 23, The Crown of Knowledge. Okay, and go. Okay, so here we at the Harvest Festival, because there's always a festival. And this is a great episode because it showcases a bummer child being bad. And this <laughs> bummer child is a uh, little uh, Marcus. He's the baker's son. He didn't want to be a baker's son. And then Bo's going around the festival impressing children with storytelling. Mm-hmm. And so he tells about King Jared, who had the crown of knowledge. And so now Marcus is an idiot and going to go and find the crown of knowledge. So he kidnaps Cowl and then he makes him go to like get quizzed by this crown. And like he has to answer riddles and they're not, not even hard. And then so the grown-ups coming to to find them and then um let's see uh hordak is controlling marcus through a cape somehow don't ask about that it was really weird and then crown confronts hordak the crown of knowledge and then they have like a little like a uh, boy fight and then at the end marcus is a dope and he like falls and she-ra saves everyone and the crown says that she-ra can wear it because she's so smart but then she says no i don't want it and then he gives her a crown just to wear <laughs> for prettiness for fashion. for fashion how funny so um, how in that episode you were like girl get you some gowns she got her a crown <laughs> um was was the baker apologetic about how bad his parenting is at all <laughs> he yeah the baker was real pitiful he was like he's always loving the stories about old king jared and such and i'm just the baker okay yeah he was pretty pitiful all right and marcus is a little sociopath okay he was bad i do like little sociopath he was a bad boy okay so what, what you said the riddles weren't very hard yeah <laughs> And I was trying a second ago to remember the first one. Oh, it was like, what, you can hold it, but you you need it to live, but you can hold it, but you can't 
touch it or something like that it was like your breath and like uh-huh. how long do your legs need to be if they're short or long long enough to reach the ground was the answer they were they were not that's, hard riddles that's for the for the crown of knowledge those were not very hard riddles <laughs> i gotta say i'm getting me a crown okay well you can go fetch it okay but she was the one who's allowed to wear it oh my lord all right how do you feel <clears throat> this is our last lightning round review dun, 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 dun. so this is season one i guess episode 24 the minds of mondor okay all right. And go. So we've got this bummer king, King Duplis, who's being interrogated by Hordak, Catra, and Scorpia. And, like, he's, like, one of those kings who, like, gives money to the Horde because he's, like, lame. But his son, Prince Hazar, is a rebellion sympathizer. But then he gets captured. And then so Duplis goes and seeks the help of Queen Angela. And they got to go off to this mining planet where Prince Hazar is being kept captive. And then so they go. And then here is the main thing to take away from this episode. We finally hear Bo sing. Oh! He pulls out his lute. He sings like little sea shanties. They're real bad, and okay. everyone's pulling faces the whole time. Oh, funny. It's a great gag. Both sings. They're it up. Yes, and he's a terrible singer, and everyone hates it. And that's the thing to take away from it. And so anyway, they they finally get to this mining planet. There's a bunch of bummers in this seaport town. But then Shira buys a boat, and they sail it, and then they lead a prisoner's rebellion out of the mines. And uh, it was pretty awesome. And then they got a ride from some grateful birds, just like in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> And then Angela lectured the king real good when they're done. Yeah, okay. I was going to ask if there were um, <laughs> any any more overt Lord of the Rings homages. So. <laughs> they just they just got to ride they got to ride on the birds okay, to get out because Shira had helped one of the birds even though the fine. birds were attacking her. Okay. So you always help even if you don't expect anything in return. Okay. And those songs were like because I know that's what you're asking, Scott. And with your with your mind, I can tell you. I was sorry. I was trying to think of a good one. No, oh, I was just like, yeah, I I don't have to say anything. <laughs> can, can, can you sing some? It was just something like like I love to sail upon the sea with me, and like he wasn't really singing, like he just kind of oh. like sing song it. So, so it was like, like really I, bad. I, so so they in the in the show they thought it was bad. Yes. Okay, so I don't get it because in the other episodes... They, they were saying how good it sounded. Yeah. yeah, that's a continuity problem. I think they just decided, and I'm so glad... And you know what? I feel like the voice actor decided that it was ridiculous, and so he's just like, I'm just going to do this uh-huh. funny. And then they just went with it, I, I feel. I think it was a good decision. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty great. Funny. Okay, so. well, that was a pretty successful lightning round. I feel like we have traveled through time. I feel like we <laughs> caught up with a lot. We are, we are moving at a good pace. I'm excited about this plan. Uh, stand by the lightning rounds. I think it's a good idea. <laughs> All right. That's what they say. That's the song. Okay. I had a great time, and that's what's important. <laughs> well, that's our show for today. Next week, we'll be reviewing Season 1, Episode 25 of He-Man, Evil Seed. Remember, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember, if you have to scale a mountain in your high heels, make sure you have snacks packed beforehand. Ooh, that's a good lesson. Silence you.